Anybody in here, y'all remember y'all when y'all met your first love or the love of your life? I'll let some of y'all wait a minute. It may take a little bit. <laughs> some of y'all might not have met him yet. Uh, maybe, 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 maybe he get, uh, on the way, but, or she hit yet on the way. But I'm telling you, the first love is always mine. I, I, I think back and I, I'm going to use, uh, my wife and me, uh, because that's, the love that, uh, other than God, that's really kind of been a kind of changing moment in my life. So, uh, but I can remember when I met her, man, I, it didn't matter. I got off work at night. I stay up till she got the elevator and I'd be done cook breakfast. I stayed up late waiting on her to come through. Uh, I would go to lunch in, in the middle of my nap, my sleeping time and get up and go. But I was constantly in pursuit of her. Um, I focused the majority of my time and my effort on getting to where she was. I couldn't wait to see her. I couldn't wait to talk to her. I couldn't wait to spend time with her. Matter of fact, I moved my whole schedule around. Like I said, I would, I would stay up late. I'd do all kinds of stuff. Like if it wasn't, hadn't, had nothing to do with God, hey, look, I can move that around. What you want to do? Um, and it felt, everything felt perfect. And, that's the way it's supposed to be when we come into uh, contact with God. When we first walk into God and we get in to experience Him and come into who He is, and we have that first encounter with Him, man, it's, it just sets this fire on us. It just burns and it just burns. I don't know. I, I pray that everyone here has had that experience. If not, we will get to that today. But I promise you, it was such a life change that it changed everything about me. But then what happens is, and I, I had that experience about 16, eh, about 16 years ago, I think, maybe 17 years ago. It's been a while. So what happens is over time, life starts to happen. Things start to get busy. You, you get work, and work takes away from your time with God. Uh, you get children, get grandchildren. Get bills. <laughs> uh, then there's some good stuff you get. You get hobbies and toys and all those things. But then stress and strain and everything seems to pull you from the things of God. And it starts to take away from the relationship that you have built and prayed for. And I'm talking natural, but I'm talking supernatural as well. When I, when, when I talk about this, I understand that I'm talking about the things of God because I don't want y'all to sit up here and think I'm, I'm, I'm pumping my wife up. Although I will, I get them kudos later. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I mean, honestly, I feel like to me, the way that God showed this to me is that if we can see our relationship with God from a place of a natural relationship. See, God is unseen, but his presence is always felt. We always know he's there. But you can see me and my wife. You can see your relationship. And you can see how it does. So I'm, I feel like we can, if you see it naturally, and the Bible called it a parable, they took a natural thing and showed a spiritual truth. And I'm hoping that you can get it the way he gave it to me. Uh, y'all excuse me if I'm a little nervous. Uh, like I said, Holy Spirit runs it. I'm, I, I just had to get up here. But uh, I know that he's, he's got a word. And I, but I believe that when he does that, he, he, he brings us into a place where we recognize him and we know him. In a different way. But I think he wants to show us through a natural way because it's easier for me to show it to you in something that you can see and that's tangible every day. So 
as I say, you start, it was 16 years ago that this happened. So in that mind, in that time frame, I started to get busy. I started to get doing things. Um, and I started to find myself getting busy in the things of God. Like I say, everything that pulls you away from God is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, yeah, there's sin, there's addiction, there's all these different things. There's toxic relationships, there's all those things. But then there's sometimes you find yourself doing the things that God called you to do or wants you to do, like serving around the church, but you start to replace your time that you spend with Him doing things for Him. And it, and it seems to kind of get to a place where it's a routine and it's things that we just continually do. But, it, but, but as we do that, it starts to become mundane and we start to feel like the fire is starting to die down. It's starting to feel, fizzle out. And, um, I'm, like I said, I was speaking from a natural sense, but this is the same thing that would happen with God if we're not careful to guard our relationship and our, uh, relationship with Him. Um, now not very long ago, I found myself in this very place. And I believe that we all find ourselves there sometimes. See, I, it wasn't, that long ago that um, I was doing the things of God. Like I said, y'all know, y'all have seen me around here, and I've been running and flying through here. I dance, I praise, I do all these things, and I, I do it with a whole heart to God. But there was a time a couple of a couple of months ago, I want to say, that I came to God and I said, Lord, I feel like I'm missing you. I feel like my fire is leaving. I feel like I'm not... My relationship with you is just not the same. I said, so Lord, I said, I don't know what it is. I said, but I want, I want, I want to, I want to get to know you and have the same passion that I had for you before. And I want you to know that God said, thinks the same thing about you. Matter of fact, in Revelation 2, 4, Revelation 2, verse 4 and 5, I'm going to read the NIV version. It says, yet I hold this thing, this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first, or your first love. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Revelation, and I'm going to read it from Revelation in the in a Passion Translation. I really like this version because I think it captures what God has really gave me to speak to you today. And what he wants to speak to your heart today. It says, but I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works of love you did at first. Now, Jesus is telling us that we, we have abandoned our first love. And if, if you know anything about first love or you hear people talk about first love, it's always filled with passion and um, intense. It's intense. It's full of energy. Matter of fact, uh, when people talk about that's their passion or that's their, that, they're, they're passionate about that, it's talking about something that they love, that they uh, gravitate to that they that they are behind with and all in on that they spend their waking moments on this what they most people would call their baby it's, they they protect that relate that that thing they guard it they build it and that's what that's what is always uh, associated with first with first love and the words passion and fire are always used together and when we're talking about rekindling in the fire today. I want you to understand that this is talking about rekindling the passion that we have with God. So um, I said that we're going to do this in a different way. First of all, I want to establish that God is a God of a relationship. He's not this far off distant God. He's not somebody. It's, it's not a cold building. It's not a 
idol. It's not something that we just, someone that we just speak to and he doesn't hear us or he's so far off and so lofty and so high that he doesn't care about what we're going through. But no, he's a God of relationship. He's not a religion. He's not rituals. He's not a bunch of thou shalt nots. I know what they've preached religion to be, but God is not a religion. He is a, God, a living God, and he's a living God that desires to be in full relationship with us. And not just any kind of relationship, not one of them that you just, you cool if you see him, you all right if you don't. He want one of them passionate ones. He don't want one of them where you show up on Sunday and visit with him. He don't want one where sometimes you'll come and talk to him. But he wants, he wants that passion in you. He wants that fire. He wants that, he wants that thing that, he wants that relationship that you draw to him, that you pull towards him, that you, that you move everything. They say heaven and earth to be, be with him. Uh, you know, that's the type of relationship that he wants with us. And matter of fact, that's what he's created us for. Now, God is awesome and all-powerful. He could have created us to praise him and worship him and be in relationship with him. He created the angels to, to do what he said. He created them to praise him, to worship him. He created things to do exactly what he created them to do. But when it got to us, he didn't. He said, I want you to have a choice whether you want to have a relationship with me. He don't want to just demand things. He wants you to know his heart, and he wants to know your heart because he created you. I mean... You know, you think about it. Everything that God created, he spoke into existence. Except for a man or a woman. Instead, he put his hands on you. He made it personal, up close. And from the very beginning, he has done these, this very thing. He, in the, you read in Genesis 3, he was walking through the garden where Adam and Eve were. And it said they hid from him. So that means that it was a common thing. They, they knew the sound of him when he was coming through there. Uh, he walked, it says, the Bible says he walked with Enoch until Enoch was no more. It says he, he talked and made covenant with Noah. He appeared and talked with Abraham constantly, even came and sat down with him and had, and ate with him. Um, he talked with and made covenant with David to the point where he called Jesus the son of David. There are countless things that we could talk about in the Bible and instances where God has shown himself to be a very personal God. Matter of fact, in Jeremiah 31 and 3, it says, The Lord appeared of me, to old, of old to me, saying, Yet I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. See, God already been, he been, I, I call that his wooing, you know. You know how you try to woo somebody and try to knock them off their feet, try to, try, try to, try, try to pull them in and say, Look, girl, you know I got you. Anyway, uh, God, God's like, with an everlasting love I've drawn you. He said, he said, he said, come to me. He said, I want the best for you. He tell you all the way through his word that he does. Jeremiah 29 11 says, he said, I know the th- plans I have for you. Plans of a future and a hope. In other words, he said, not of evil, but of good. He wants the best things for you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He said, you know, the, he knows the hairs, the number of hairs on your head. That means he knows you closely, intimately, privately. And that means clear up intimacy. Intimacy is not what the world make it. Lord, I didn't destroy all of that. But what intimacy means is being very close, detailed, thorough knowledge of. It means that you're in a close and private and personal relationship with God. And that's what he wants. That's what God desires from us. Um, if you don't get anything out of what I said today, just know that God is not a God that's far off. He wants to be 
in a relationship with you. He wants you to know him as everything that you need. And that's what he wants you to know. Now, since we're talking about God is a God of relationship, I'm going to take a kind of different approach. I talked about the first love, and you heard me talk. I, I'm going to use a little few examples about me and my wife just because that's my most natural. That's the way where I could see my pursuit for him in a way. Boy, this is the way he gave it to me, and I wanted to give it to you that way. Uh, so because the most prominent relationships that we see are husband and wife in the natural, and that's what God, even uh, Paul used it back in Ephesians 5 when he talked about, he said, husbands, submit, uh, wives, submit to your husbands. You know, we all know that. We, not everybody likes it, but he says, I speak a mystery concerning Christ and the church. He says, but you'll do well with your husband and wife as well. But he was talking about his love for us. But he used a husband and wife even in that state. So I want to try to do that today. Of course, I probably won't do it as good as Paul did, but I plan on you understanding it by the time we leave here. So just as we began pursuing, uh, in the beginning, I had to pursue my wife, or you had to pursue the person that your your love interest you had to put in effort you had to put in time uh you had to you had to pour in and 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 even in the beginning of your marriage and should be still doing in your marriage pouring in everything that you have to give into your spouse now i know everybody's not married but that's okay listen to me it'll work for you later if that's what your desire is but i promise you the things of god is he got a word for it in all of it um but I want to, and just like we are supposed to pursue passionately after the after our spouse, and where we're supposed to pour into them everything, we should be doing even the more for God. Say the same and even more for God. Um, I want to take a parallel between the two relationships and kind of kind of take one natural and show you something spiritual. Now, this is not, and let me just give a disclaimer, this is not to diminish the importance of God and the relationship that we have with him or the importance of God in our lives, because believe me, he is all important. He is everything. Matter of fact, one scripture says he is the beginning of all and he holds all things together. So he is it. But I won't, I feel like you'll see it a lot better if I do it this way. But I think to understand what a passionate relationship is, first, a passionate relationship is a healthy relationship. So I want to kind of walk through the steps of what, or a few of the steps of what makes a healthy relationship and what it looks like. So number one, a healthy relationship is exclusive. Basically, that means that it's unshared. That means you ain't sharing them with nobody. My wife don't want to share me with nobody. I don't want ten wives. I got one. I'm good. Same thing with God. He don't want to be fighting for your time and your affection and your love and those things. He wants your complete focus. Now, he said if you will focus on him, he said everything else he'll give if it's according to his will. But he wants your attention first. Now, in Revelation 2 and 4, when Jesus says here that we have abandoned our first love, the Greek word that's used here is protos, which means foremost, paramount, best, supreme, crowning. And simply put, number one. Jesus is referring to an exclusive love where he has first place in our hearts above everything else. He is, at first doesn't mean that 
it's the first of many. It means that he has priority. He is the first and only one. We shouldn't be entertaining anything else. Matter of fact, in Exodus 20 and 3, it says, you shall have no other gods before me. He don't want to share it. He wants him to be first. Exodus 3, 34, 14 says, for you shall worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. I know we hear jealousy is a bad thing, but it ain't such a bad thing with God. He said he don't want to share. He wants your full attention. And I don't think that that's a hard thing to ask when I think about everything that he's done for me. Everything that he provides, everything that he says, everything that he does. He draws us, he makes us, he completes us. And he's the one who has a plan for us in our lives. So to give him our full focus is nothing. In, in, when you think about what you get in return. In Deuteronomy 6.14, he says, You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples of, who are all around you. Now, this one I, I love because, you know, how many times do we go into different places? And I think about it like this. Me and my wife go somewhere. There's always women around and people around and stuff around that wants to draw my attention from her. Same thing with God. There's God there are people around you who serve in jobs, who serve in toys, who serve in... Um, toxic, like I say, uh, bad relationships, uh, just anything. There, there, there's all these guys that we got. The money, success, power. All these things are things that feed for, that fight for our attention from God. And He doesn't want, He, He said you shouldn't get, have to go after all those things. Matter of fact, Matthew 22, 37, Jesus says that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, I, I, I was doing some calculating, and all means all. That means zero left, right? So if I'm giving him all my heart, all my mind, and all my soul, I really don't have time for much else or much space for anything else, right? So he wants to be exclusive. He wants to be your one and only. He wants to be the apple of your eye. Number two, the relationship takes priority. When I was dating my wife, like I said before, some things... I could move around. If it wasn't something dealing with the things of God, then, uh, baby, we, we do whatever you want to do. Uh, I would make time and make her the priority. Same thing with God. I could be at home watching the Saints game. But if he wants me in his house, I think I'll go and see him first. And y'all don't even have to hurt so bad about it because now they got DVR. You can go and watch it later. So... He wants to be our priority. Matthew 6.33 says, "Seek, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. So in other words, he said, if you'll make me the priority, he said, all the other stuff I, I'll take care of. He said, but I want to be the priority. He said, I want to be your provider. I want to be, you know, I don't know, me as a husband, I, I want to be my wife's provider. Now, true enough, God gave it to me, but, I, but in her eyes, I want, I want her to not have to worry. I want her to not have to Worry about, is this going to happen or is this going to happen? I want to be the one that she looks to. Now, I know she looks to God first, but she, God gave her husband. And God wants us to look at him that same way. It's a desire that he has. He wants to be that in our life. And me as a man, I know that's the place I want to be in my wife, wife's life. So I know that's what we want to be, what God wants to be with us. Um, 
Colossians 1.17 says he is a before all things, and in him he holds all things together. So in other words, he should be first above all things and before all things. If we'll focus on him, he said he, hold, he holds it all together. That's a pretty good statement, right? In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It says, In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Now, that means your job, everything. He said, in all your ways, acknowledge him. If we will put our focus on him in everything, then every situation will work according to what he has for us. God has a powerful plan for our life. He wants to, he wants to do things in our life, but he wants priority. He wants us to make time for him. He wants us to uh, fix our schedule around him. Um, like I said, I did this before, and I, I wanted to get to a place with God, and I wanted to, I really wanted to get to a closer place with God. I told you I, I was like, God, I feel like my fire is going out. I feel like I'm not feeling your presence like I used to. And I was seeking him, and I was like, Lord, I said, I don't know what to do. So I, uh, I felt in my heart, I said, I'm going to get up early one morning. I said, I get up and go to work every day. I get up at about 5. I'm out the house by 5.40. I said, you know what? I'm going to get up at 4.30 today. And I got up at 4.30 and I spent time with God. Man, and he met me there. I felt his presence. I felt his love. I felt him show up. Um, like I said, he's a relational God. He's a very personal God. And it, it, it wasn't ritual. I used to get up and just read my word. Like I said, I got caught up in routine. I would get up and just read my word, read my word, read my word. And I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm missing you. I'm missing you. I'm missing you. But that night, that morning, he met me in a different way. I came in. I, I went to see him, and I, I, I ran out of time with God. <laughs> I backed it back more, and I still ran out of time. And I'm still backing it back now because it's something about the presence of God. Like I said, he is this living God. He wants relationship with us. And it's something about getting to a place where God is truly next to us, and we're, and we're in his presence that we can really experience him in a different way. Um, and it brings a passion about, and since that day, I can feel him changing things in my life. I can feel my life changing and doing different things. So anyway, uh, moving on, the third thing in that healthy relationship is spending time with them. Uh, and in, with my wife, is whatever you want to do. Um, we can do it. With God, is, it looks more like praise, like worship. Like meditating on his word, like prayer, like attending church service, like you are today. Now, I want to clear up that praise is sometimes just a compliment, you know. Uh, I was telling them in the first service, I was, I was helping Pastor George last week and we had to put, I don't know what the thing called, rotor rooter, whatever the thing is, they go down the drain. And that thing is like heaven. I had to help Pastor George get it up on the roof. And I was up under that thing and I got to pass it up to him. And y'all know, I don't look like no big man. I ain't. And that joker was whooping my behind. Y'all hear me? And, uh, and I finally got it up there. And my wife looked over there and she'd be talking about, hey, you so strong. I'd be like, you know, she lying. But Lord, it, but it felt so good to hear it. It felt so good to hear it. And that's what the same thing that those compliments do to God. You know, Lord, you good. You, you're, you're there for me. You, you, you made a way when it wasn't a way. 
There's nothing that I lost that you haven't given me. There's nothing that I need that you hadn't provided. When we, come, when we praise God, it's a compliment to Him. Our worship is a deep adoration to Him. It's a letting know of His glory and His presence in our life. It's a way to let Him know that we appreciate you and your, and your love for us and your, and your care for us. We appreciate everything you do. And prayer is not just a one-way thing. It's not something where we're just talking to God and it's just floating in the unknown somewhere. God talks back to us. You know, I said, I, I said this earlier, you know, I used to talk to God and I pray and it would be about five minutes out of my time because I was doing all the talking. I know he was like, man, it sounds like a, I can't get a word in. Won't that boy shut up and let me talk? Prayer is a conversation with us and God. Just like we talk with our wife or our husband, we talk with God. And he talks back to us. He, he sings songs to you because you hear him in your head. He gives you words because he'll give you scripture. He'll speak to you. He'll show you things and dreams and visions. You'll think about him all the time. It's a very personal thing. And God says if we'll draw near to him, that he'll draw near to us. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I want to talk about a, what a passionate relationship looks like. And I, as I think about it, I, I don't really know a lot of different places in the Bible where I see uh, somebody describing what a healthy and passionate relationship with God looks like other than David. Man, I, t- I told him earlier, David makes me so jealous sometimes. He, 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 got, he gifted with everything. He could fight. He could write poetry. He sing songs. He could play instruments. But he had a relationship with God, and he had a way of speaking to God and, and having his relationship with God so passionate that I just desired it. I pray that y'all want that today, too. I'm going to let y'all hear how he said it in Psalm 63, verse 1 through 8. He says, You are my God. Earnestly I will seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory. Because your love is better than life. See how he say that? Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand opposes me. Now, see, that's an awesome picture to me of a passionate relationship with God. He, he, said, he said, I wake up early singing about you, talking about you. I tell everybody about you. I, uh, I sing to you. He said, I meditate on your word. I look forward to you in the night watches. He said, I, in the other place, he says, I thirst for you. I pant for you as a deer pants for the water brooks. And I love the way that it is. And I think that by us learning how what a passionate and loving relationship looks like, we can understand, uh, we can recognize that this is what God wants with us. And when we get that type of relationship with him, we build other things in it. When we put him first, when we make him a priority, when we find him as his scoop, we make him the only one. And when we uh, establish that relationship with him, we build trust, respect. We build uh, faithfulness because we, we get to see his faithfulness. We build commitment. And this is what a, a healthy relationship looks like. So that's what it looks like when it's good, when it's passionate, when it's fresh, when it's new. But what if you find yourself where I was? I found myself 
in a relationship with God that where routine had creeped in, where I, where I just got through growing through the motions. I was doing things that I knew was right, but I felt like I still was missing God. Um, like I said, I was replacing works and stuff with getting to the feet of God and spending time with him. And I started to feel like my fire was going out. Well, the good news is that a fire can always be rekindled. And that's what we're talking about today is rekindling the flame. Just because your fire has went out or, or is burning low doesn't mean that that's the end of it. God is a God of passion and relationship. He is a God of revival. He's a God, and they talk about him so many times about being a God of fire, a God of passion, a God of relationship, a God of love, and a God of relationship. It's everywhere. So just in a marriage, as we have to sometimes you get, all, you get through life, you have to start to rekindle the flames. You, you have to go and back, you have to go back to what they say the first thing. Matter of fact, in Revelation 2, 4, I mean 2 and 5, he says that you had lost your first love. He said, but what you do is, he said, you repent. And repent is just basically turning away from those things that take the time, that take me away from the presence of God. It's me t- turning from those and turning back towards God. It's me giving up those things that steal my time. It's, th- it's, th- it's me giving up those things that pull me in the wrong direction from God. And like I said, that's not always bad things. Sometimes we can be doing good things, but it still takes its time. Um, he said, repent and do the first works. And I believe, and I believe that there are a lot of things that we have that steal our time. Uh, TV, social, me- social media. Um, a lot of our, our, our thing that steals most of our time is in our pocket. I know mine is. I had to delete games off my phone because I found myself just, man, I would get one of them games on there and I would be in that phone for hours. I wasn't looking at no scriptures. I wasn't spending no time. I wasn't listening to no worship music. My wife was talking to me. I wasn't listening to her. It stole all my time and I had to delete it. Now, it may not be that easy for you to find what steals your time from God, but I promise you, if you find out what you're leaning towards and you're seeing, he said, you, you'll see the things that's drawing you from his heart. And for me, I had to delete, I have to delete my, I have to delete, uh, those games off my phone because I know I get lost in them. And I don't want to, I don't want to be cold and distant. I don't want my fire to go out. And I, and I found out, you know, they got some other things on them phones too. Some apps for devotionals and Bible study tools and all kinds of different stuff, right? So I could be using it for something else that's going to be moving me closer to Him. So we remove those things that get in the way and draw us from God. And we get to things that pull us back to Him. One, then we have to reflect and remember. We have to remember what, you know, me and my wife, we like, I like to take her back sometime. We go down, we go down to the sandbar just so we can have, go where we had our first date. I have to, have, have to, have to reflect back, go back down memory lane. You know, with God, it's, it's a little different. You know, he take me back like, remember when you can have, have a way out? You remember you couldn't pay that bill? And, and he'll, he'll start to show me where he was there. He or he'll be like, remember when me and you was in the room and you saw me walk in and spend time with you? And it just lights my heart up. And I loved when I see him and I see that passion. And he and he takes us to and reflects. And he tell, just like he told the children of Israel, he said, look, 
He said, remember, I'm the one that brought you out of Egypt. He said, I'm the one that did this. He said, I brought you into the land of milk and honey. He said, I brought you into the promised land. See, it's something about remembering the good times that give you, a, that bring you back. And to me, it's like, it's kind of like, uh, it, it takes me back to when I first was there. It takes me back to that passion when I first had it. And it, it, it brings me back. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is setting an atmosphere. Now, this one is going to be a little bit different because I pray that y'all stay in the, stay, stay with me on this. Um, setting an atmosphere of intimacy with God. Like I said, intimacy is personal. It's private. It's nobody but you and them. And I want to, I want to walk you through setting an atmosphere. Now I'm going to talk about it in the natural. Uh, I'm going to take y'all back um, a few years ago um, when I took my wife and I first uh, Valentine's Day. And um, I wanted to be special. I wanted to, um, I wanted to knock her off her feet. I mean, she was already going to marry me, but I wanted her to know what she was getting. Oh, come on. Now, I ain't the, look, we all have been there. So I wanted her to know, right? So I wanted to set an atmosphere. So it's Valentine's Day. I'm going all out. You know, I this I ain't had Valentine's in a long time. So uh, so I had uh, so I had uh, so I had uh, pull out pull out all the stops. Right. I wanted her to know that she was the one thing I wanted that I desired. So in a natural, it looks like you turning off the lights, you uh, lighting candles. That day, I that day I like I said I set up a whole day where it was just a good day, uh, but I, but I remember that I I, I I set the atmosphere for it, and I remember that I, I I went and bought dishes. I remember that I had the right right the right most. That uh, in 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 like I said, most of the time you see it in the movies, people dimming the lights, they lighting the candles, they got that old slow music going over there, and they got it playing. They sit in the table, buy some new dishes, got it all set out and laid out. When they get there, come in, you're cooking it, and you done slaved over it, and you done put preparation into it all day. And it's setting that atmosphere. And it's the same thing how we do with God, right? He wants us to set that atmosphere with us. He, want, he wants us to get everything set up and right for him to be there. He wants us to get come to him with praise and worship. He wants us to... He wants us to, uh, it says he inhabits the praises of people, so it makes it personal. He brings him to it. He says if you're drawn near to him, he'll draw near to you. But that praise and worship, it, it brings those compliments. It brings him back in. It talks to him. It calls him in. It sets him up. <clears throat> and then that, uh, uh-oh, let me find, find myself, y'all. Okay. Now, anyway, I had it set up. So I'm going to fast forward. I'm just going to bring it the way I'm I, feel like I want to say it today, so y'all just bear with me. Um, I really feel like even with her, I, I did, I set it up all day. I didn't just, I didn't just go through, buy, I, I went and bought new dishes. I went and got everything, the glasses. I went and looked up a recipe online. I bought the, I bought the ingredients. I cooked it up. Um, that morning she was traveling on her way. Uh, at the time she stayed in Camden. I stayed in the Eldorado, but I got off work at 5.30 in the morning and she uh, was going to work at eight, so I I got up, I cooked breakfast for, her, waited on her to get there. I um, had a little gift sitting on the table, just 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 a little teaser. 
I knew what I had later for her. So I set that out there for her, and she got that. She was happy. But later on, later on the day before I went and picked her up for lunch, she got some flowers at the job. And she texted me, and she let me know. And then later on, she got some strawberries to let her know. Then later, I fixed the dinner. Um, but I spent all day that day setting an atmosphere for God. Setting the atmosphere for her. And it's the same thing with how we set an atmosphere for God. Yeah, yeah. It's the same way that we set that atmosphere for God. We, we, we all day, we, 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 we check him on, we check him and let him know we're thinking about him. You know, to me at, at the work, it may be, it's nothing for them to come through and see me singing and got, or got my hands up or me dancing or me just got my hands up telling them, Lord, I thank you, Lord. I'm so happy that you're in my life. It's nothing for me to say, Lord, I'm so happy that you're part of everything that I'm doing. I can't wait to get off and spend time with you today. I'm so glad I get to wake up early in the morning. I'm so glad that you take care of me. But I set up that atmosphere. And it's something about that excitement and that build-up that it just draws God. It's like that sweet-smelling aroma that comes up to him. It's, it's the sacrifice of praise, that sacrifice of worship, that thing that draws him to us. And to me, I feel like that's a place where we set up an altar. Like I talked about setting the table up, uh, I set the table for my wife. Well, in, there's, a, there's a place in, in, in the Bible where it talks about the altar, and it's also, it talks about us setting up altars. And if you look in the altar, at altar in the Bible, it's prominently displayed as God's table. It's a place that we offer sacrifice and gifts to him. And I believe if we'll set the tables of our heart, that God will come in and he will make a way. That he will come in and he will, as they say, suck with us. Matter of fact, in Revelation 3.20, he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he says, I will come in and I will eat with you. Now, God wants us to open the door to him. He wants to, us to set a table in our heart. He wants to set us to set the place in our heart for Him. He wants us to set up an atmosphere of praise, set up an atmosphere of worship, set up a place where He feels welcome and that we want to sit and meet with Him and see Him and be with Him. He wants that type of life with us. Um, you know, I want to tell you, and we're not going to be long. I promise you I'll get out of here in just a second, y'all. I want to take you back. Because I want you to understand the love of God and His grace and His mercy and His love for us. And this desire to be in this relationship with us and, and the way that He feels towards us. Um, years ago, and I'm telling y'all, years ago, before I knew God, I found myself miles away from El Dorado. Running from everything that I was taught and trained up and and knew about God. And I found myself in a place where I wanted to, where I was at the end of myself and I didn't know what else to do. And I had an encounter with God. And He met me one day. And He, you know, I was sitting in the church and I remember I had been seeking Him all week. I knew I needed Him in my life. I knew that I had no more answers. I knew that if I wanted anything in my life to work and flow and be of any good, it was going to have to be connected to Him. Now, mind you, I was not saved at the time, but I grew up in a church. 
And I found myself at the church. <laughs> and I remember I was talking to God. This is when God became very personal and real to me. And I want to share this today with you because I don't know if you've had this experience, but I would love for you to have it today. I was sitting in the back of a church, a small church, but I was talking to God. And I was talking to him in my mind, not really speaking the words out. But I said, Lord, I said, if there's anything between me and you, I said, Lord, remove it out the way because I want to get to know you. And at that time, a minister at the front went up and went to the front, and he got the mic. <laughs> this was still crazy to me. I'm going to show you how real God is. And he said, the veil in, God said, the veil in the temple is rent from top to bottom. And there is nothing between you and God. And I said four or five different things, and I got four or five different answers from people who had no idea what I was speaking in my head. But a personal God who was close enough and intimate enough with me to know me and know what I need and know my questions and know my doubts answered every one of them. And he met me that day. And that was 17 years ago. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't go there with the right intentions. And I'm going to tell you all this, I didn't plan on doing it, but I, I had... I had a 12-pack in my refrigerator. I didn't go in. I, I went to church expecting to see him, but I wasn't expecting him to show up. <laughs> but when he did, everything from that moment in my life has changed. Me standing here today, nervous as I am, and everything else, it all started with an encounter with him. Now, I'm not saying that if you get to know him, he's going to have you up here. I don't want you to feel nervous about that because what he has for you is for you. But I want you to understand that he is very personal and he wants nothing more than a, to a relationship with you, a passionate relationship with you. And all those months ago when I started to make more time for him, when I started to pick it up. And you know what? He wasn't just a random guy. He wasn't random to me. It was real. It was like, Lord, I, I don't, I don't want to just come and read the Bible. You tell me how you want to spend time with me today and we'll do it. And he did. He met me every day a different way. And I, if you hadn't, um, can I get, um, you just close your eyes, bow your heads. Um, is there anyone in here? Who hasn't had a personal experience with the love and the salvation and the peace and the joy and the relationship that God is and has? If there's anyone here who hasn't had that experience and would like to get to know Jesus today, lift your hand up and we'll pray with you. Okay. Well, good. That means we're all in the right place. Awesome. Now, oh, okay. Well, sorry. Would y'all pray with me just for a moment? And y'all, would y'all say this with me? Because I don't want them to be singled out. I want you to say this with them. Say, Lord, Lord, we thank you for everything that you've done for us. We thank you that you gave your life. So that we wouldn't be without you. That there would be nothing in between. 
me and you. And Lord, today, I accept you and I confess that you, you died for my sins. You raised me, raised from the dead. And that you are the living son of the living God. And, and that I can have freedom and salvation. And a personal and passionate relationship with you. Because of your sacrifice. I love you, Lord. Have your way in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, that's great. Yeah. I don't know. It was something about when I had that experience that it changed my whole life. I pray that it does the same. Now, is there anybody in here who <clears throat> find yourself where I was, where you're going through the motions, where you felt like your flame was flickering, like you could see the embers and the smoke, but the fire just wouldn't seem to catch, and you felt like you was in this place of passion with God and that you wanted to burn for Him and that you was zealous for good works and you just wanted to do you wanted to run for Jesus until you couldn't no more. You wanted to be in his presence every time that you could, but you find yourself you gotten a little far away from him. If there's anybody in here today that you want to have that love and that fire kindled rekindled in your life today. I pray that you would come to the altar and let's pray about it. Let's watch God move in a way that you hadn't felt in a long time. I know that I know that the God that we serve wants to light a fire in us. He wants to give us a, a passion and a desire for Him. And He don't want to feel like we're distant and cold. He has a love for us that's so passionate and so deep. And I pray that you got that out of what was spoken today. No one else, you pray with me. Awesome, God. Lord, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for, for your, your love for us. We thank you for your passionate pursuit of us, Lord. We thank you that you have drawn us with an everlasting love. Lord, and we thank you that you're blowing on the coals of our heart, Lord. And that you're reigniting a fire and a passion in our relationship with you that will never be the same. That we will always seek you. We will always be after you. We will always find ourselves yearning to be closer to you. As David said, that we will be like a deer that pants after the water brooks. Where he said like he was a water to drink in a land that was dry and empty. Lord, renew your passion and your fire in us. Lord, set us ablaze like never before. Be the God of fire in our lives right now, Lord. Have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, praise God. I pray that I didn't butcher His Word too bad and that y'all got what God was saying today. Like I said, if you don't remember anything or you didn't grab anything today, know that He wants a passionate relationship with you. And even if you didn't step up there this morning, it doesn't have to be here. He, he's a guy. There's no distance in the spirit, and he will be wherever you are. If you'll set a place and a time to meet with him, I promise you, he won't make you late.
He will show up. And if you'll set the atmosphere of your hearts to receive everything that He has for you, I promise you He'll set you afire. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed week. Love you guys.